I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. On this episode of the number one podcast celebrating all of hip-hop culture as one of our nation's greatest resources, hip-hop changing lives for the better at Carnegie Hall. We hear from LeBrandon Smith, the manager of social impact at Carnegie Hall's Wild Music Institute. My name is Manny Faces. This is Hip Hop Can Save America. Let's go. The thing about hip hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. Peace and love to friends, neighbors, supporters, and haters. Welcome back to Hip Hop Can Save America, the premier podcast celebrating the ability of hip hop music and culture to uplift humanity. I'm the show's creator and your host, Manny Faces. Now, LeBrandon Smith is the manager of social impact programs for Carnegie Hall's Wild Music Institute, which serves more than 800,000 young people, families, students, community members, aspiring artists, and educators in New York City, across the United States, and around the globe each season. He's been with the Venerable Institute since 2017, helping curate programs, events, and initiatives that benefit a wide range of New York City youth and artists. And we spoke on The Verge of School of Thought, the second series of free workshops for rising and professional MCs led by the inimitable Black Thought of the Mighty Roots crew and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And this masterclass is going on from April 4th to 7th and culminates in a public showcase at the hall, followed the next day by Black Thought in conversation with young artists and fans. It's just one of the many ways that LeBrandon Smith and the Wild Institute are emphatically, respectfully, and authentically incorporating hip-hop into the programming at Carnegie Hall. Now, before we get into it, more content just like this is yours for free, simply by signing up to my Substack newsletter. I got curated links to stories like these, innovative and inspiring examples of how hip-hop culture can improve society, uh, smart editorials, event announcements, updates about my speaking engagements, and more. Please sign up for the Words Eye Manifest newsletter on Substack at manifaces.substack.com. Again, it's totally free, but if you do choose to support my independent, high-level hip-hop-related journalism, you have that option there as well. Now, let's get into it. Here's my talk with LeBrandon Smith from Carnegie Hall. 
LeBrandon, thank you for your time. I, I know that we had scheduled this a while ago and, you know, life, uh, but uh, we finally made it happen. So uh, the devil can no longer get in between us. I appreciate your time. Talk about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So at the start of the episode, I, I gave folks a little bit of an idea of, you know, who you are and, and, and what you're into. But if you could just real quick from from yourself, you know, how do you address yourself in the world professionally? you know, in terms of what you do kind of on a day to day? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm a social impact leader uh, currently working at Carnegie Hall. I'm a student, you know, a lover of black music, not just hip hop. And yeah, just a guy, you know, so. That's what's, that's what's up. I'm just a guy too. Yeah. So Carnegie Hall, man, th- there was an old, the old joke amongst old folk like myself is, you know, we heard this growing up that, you know, some guy says, hey, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? <laughs> yeah. The guy says, practice. Right, right. My guess is that if someone said, how does hip hop get to Carnegie Hall for many, 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 many years, the answer would have been like, you don't. Mm-hmm. And now you do. Now you can. Mm-hmm. So if you could, uh, let's start in the now and then I'll, I want to take it back. Mm-hmm. What is the current state of hip hop music and culture within the halls of the venerable institution, Carnegie Hall? We've interacted with with hip hop, you know, recently. It lives in a few different places. You know, I'll start with the program that I manage, which is called Neon Arts. It's basically Shark Tank for art programming for young people. So um, they get to select the type of art programming they want to see in their neighborhoods, right? We have art organizations, artists come in and they pitch their programs to these young people in different communities throughout New York City. Um, it's a collaborative project with the Department of Probation. So something really unique. Mm. But within Neon Arts, we've had workshops within, you know, that... uh have addressed hip hop, you know, that have allowed young people to create, allowed them to learn about music, audio engineering, you know, and mm-hmm. majority of the time is focused in hip hop, you know what I mean? Really addressing what young people care about. And then we also have a, a series within Neon Arts called Neon Inspires. Um, we've had legendary bigs from Rockefeller come in and talk to young people just about him overcoming adversity, you know, some of the challenges that he's faced, obviously, you know, being able to to, to start Rockefeller being one of the founders. Uh, we had Charlemagne come in and talk to young people, you know, obviously where he sits in culture, you know, being a, a, a major radio host, um, the book that he wrote. So, um, and then also Michael K. Williams at one point came in and, and spoke to young people, you know, with his past relationship with dancing and, you know, just being somebody that's involved in, in culture and hip hop and just blackness, you know what I mean? So, it exists in the, in, the, in the hall. We also have a program called Musical Explorers, where um, it's, it's an entire curriculum um, where young people uh, get to learn about hip hop. We have teachers in the education system that can pick up that curriculum and teach young people um, about hip hop. Soul Science Lab was part of that, who I believe you're familiar with. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, for sure. You know, so. We've interacted with it recently, you know, especially in the education space. Um, and then obviously now with School of Thought and then doing it again, you know, it's going to live at the Kennedy Center as well this year. So, yeah, it's happening. That's probably a lot more than a lot of folk expected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? To be, uh, you know, those intersections. I, of course, working with youth is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, education aspect, which we talk a lot mm-hmm. about on this show. Mm-hmm. And tell me about the School of Thought, which is sort of happening now. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're about a week out, uh, April 4th through the 8th. And yeah, man, really excited about it. You know, our second go, go round, you know, we first did it in, in 2020 with Black Thought and then the pandemic happened. Right. So, you know, we had built that momentum, you know, it was a, a large build up to getting it done, but heading back into it again um, with uh, a new cohort of seven MCs. Um, one of them, Genesis B. I was doing some research and so she was actually on your show at one point. So excited to have her yeah. as part of the yeah, cohort. Her, we go we go back very matter of fact, 
I was the one that told her about the program, which I was really excited. Oh, okay, so, you know, okay. I, I said, yo, they're doing this thing over here. And All right. She applied and, you know, I had nothing else to do with it except that. But, okay. uh, that's dope. Look. Uh, I, it's super dope. I put on for my people. So that's what that is. Yeah, look. We, and, and that's what I, you know, I was, you obviously, you know, talking to me about this, but I had, I think, some questions for you too. You know what I mean? Just ensuring that people like you know about these things when they're happening at the hall. You know what I mean? I think, and, you know, being as transparent as possible, we have to continue to do that work to make sure that we show up in the culture authentically and and represent just that it, it has that notoriety that it should. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're doing you're working with Black Thought. You can't get much more authentic uh, hip hop, right, uh, right. Uh, music culture, and experience and reverence than than the mighty mighty Black Thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a, a I don't say incubation program. It's sort of a um, mentoring program explain the, the what, what black thought is working with these mcs uh to do I, then again because genesis b friends of the show would know is no newcomer no new jack so it's not like you're taking you know brand new folk and you know teaching the abcs of being a hip-hop artist right, this is a right. little bit more like a master class like yeah. an advanced kind of thing so tell yeah. me tell me what it's about and how how it, what it's going to look like in practice yeah for sure you know so mcs um who are you know aspiring and are at a certain point in their career like you said not beginners, um, really looking for those who are seasoned um, and really looking to improve who have studied the craft. Um, so they come in and for four days, they get to focus on flow, style, delivery and lyricism, you know, all things that thought is a master of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we also include Sean C. Sean C is part of the workshop. So, you know, legendary producer, they sit with him and actually get to take time, you know, and learn about these different things from Black Thought, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy that first day that he came in in 2020, he was actually at the whiteboard writing stuff down. You know what I mean? So to see Black Thought doing something like that um, and just teaching them seeds, like I said, about these different aspects of of, of hip hop. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty dope. So it's a four day, right? Four, four, four day, day workshop. Yeah. Intensive. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And, uh, and then it culminates with a, 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 a showcase. Performance of yeah, time. showcase. Yep, yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, it's really curated by him. And it's it's been important for him, you know, I don't want to speak too much for him, but, you know, to not take up a lot of space at the showcase, right? So, like I said, these performances, they come in over four days and, you know, it's actually like school, right? So, we have time allocated for them to do different things throughout the week. So, they come in um, the first day, it's obviously, int- obviously introductions, they get to meet thought, you know, and then the workshop really begins, right? So, he starts with whatever he feels is appropriate and sharing, you know, we, we go through different techniques and exercises that he utilizes. And then on day two, normally we really get to spend and they get to spend that individual time with Black Thought and Sean C. Right. So the first time we did it, we had participants bring in one song that they would perform. But this year for the showcase, people will be performing two songs. So they'll come in and, you know, get to share their songs in front of Thought. You know what I mean? As you can imagine how invaluable that time is to get to spend with him. You know what I mean? Like him actually critiquing and providing feedback about their music, their delivery stage presence you know what i mean i think it's cool for him too because he has so much knowledge so i think to be able to kind of excavate a lot of that you know what i mean and then be able to to share it with the next generation you know i think as i'm sure you see you know artist development is lacking i think in a few different places you know you obviously have it happening at different labels and places but you know to additionally create like that relationship between you know a master of the craft and then upcoming mcs is is really cool so that's normally what day two looks like. And then on day three, um, we have sort of like a, a dress rehearsal. People get to get familiar with the space that they'll be performing in, you know, take some time for themselves. We have at the hall a bunch of practice rooms. So 
Um, the MCs get to use those spaces to just, you know, kind of hone in. That's the, you know, a bit of the boring part, you know what I mean? But as you know, it's, it's important to to do. And then on day four, we have the showcase. You know, we have a bit of a, a lunch and learn before the performance where, again, they get to kind of just connect with Thought and Sean C, hang out and build and also build with each other, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that's important too. Uh, that come Because you never know what connections might, you know, be made from that time together as artists. Collaborations probably emerge from that. Exactly, you know, exactly. And uh, long lasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, I know so many artists that would run showcases where they'd invite artists to come in and, you know, shouts to, you know, the lineup and Boogie Mikes and a bunch of the New York City, you know, uh, showcase series that were happening. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you got folks that met at the showcase and next thing you know, they're doing exactly yeah 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 but that's that's not a bad thing either yeah um is the who attends the showcase is it just kind of within or is it no that's a good question yeah so it's open to the public i think as of right now we have a few tickets left um okay you know sell out shortly it sold out the first time we did it um but yes open to the general public you know obviously we have you know staff from carnegie that attend you know um outside audience like i said friends and family of the performers you know but ultimately you know we really do want that hip-hop audience present you know what i mean um i think so that it doesn't feel you know voyeuristic right you know what i mean it's actually people who want to come in and hear from these performers who are interested in discovering new talent you know what i mean like maybe you know it's a label head that shows up we definitely want that you know like i said authentic audience represented in the crowd the the first time we did it uh, we had it where people were seated in the audience but you know obviously if you go to shows nowadays people are standing so this time around folks will be standing and encouraged to you know, just bring that energy in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much talk about like older institutions, you know, for lack of a better term, l- letting newer genres or performers or audience members kind of reclaim that space a little bit and yeah. not be sitting in a theater style all the time, you know, with the, you know, you're in Carnegie Hall. Right, you know, and I, right. So, so I, I enjoy that. And let me ask that from from the hall's perspective. Uh, and, and I want to get into like how you got to be kind of involved in this next. Yeah. But from the Hall's perspective, this also, I would imagine, part of the impetus to this is to bring young people from communities that maybe necessarily wouldn't be thinking of Carnegie Hall as a place to be. As you said in the very beginning, I love all kind of music. There's other music happening at Carnegie Hall. There's other, you know, cultural programs happening at Carnegie Hall. It it helps introduce them to the space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to possibly the rest of, you know, other programming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's not necessarily in the hip hop lane, but might be. Uh, of interest to them that that's got to be important from the whole's perspective to not just say we're going to cater to hip hop audience sort of pander and then let it go it's to bring them into the, the atmosphere yeah yeah for sure right? for sure absolutely you know um we have a program called fmp where we work with teaching artists young people who are incarcerated in acs facilities work with these teaching artists right so these teaching artists come in and you know, provide young people with music writing workshops, you know, um, songwriting tips and techniques, you know what I mean? So that's definitely one of those pathways, you know, where people who maybe come in through the masterclass or just learn about our education programs can then say, okay, I'm interested in potentially being a teaching artist and, and maybe can, you know, exist here. So um, there definitely are a, a few different avenues where people can um, interact with us, you know, and, and engage. Yeah. 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 I got it. Um, that's cool. Uh, you know, using hip hop as that, that bridge. Drug, yeah. That yeah. Bridge. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then I think too, just, you know, I still have friends myself and I'm sure you do too, who have just never been to the hall. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that first time we had the showcase, there was a performer Bones, Bones Pagante. He used to work across the street from the hall. You know what I mean? And I think just 
said that he never imagined actually performing in the space. You know what I mean? So to hear that and then to end up on the stage and it's like hip hop brought him there. You know what I mean? Something that he actually believed in. You know what I mean? Didn't have to, I think, adjust, you know, what he cared about, what he was passionate about. You know what I mean? So it was it was really cool to hear that. And um, I think to continue to use hip hop as, as like you said, that gateway drug to bring in folks to the space. Yep. Yeah. Well, tell me about you, sir, and, and sort of your connection to the culture, your connection to the music throughout, you know, your life and then, you know, how that path led you to, <laughs> to Carnegie Hall. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was not <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I, not musically inclined, so I don't play an instrument, um, but I grew up listening to soul, funk, you know, my pops and stuff. You know, uh, I was listening to edited music early on, you know what I mean? Had the dad that was allowing me to listen to rap, but limited my intake, you know, but uh, we just always had a, a love for it, you know, and I think even before the music part of it, like I said, I, I look at myself as a, a, a servant, you know what I mean? Somebody that really cares about the community. So before working at Carnegie Hall, I worked at a family shelter and, and still fairly young, you know, so being able to bond with the people at the shelter and the young people there, right, and understanding certain things that they wanted to be exposed to and being able to connect and provide um, with things that they found relevant, you know what I mean? And I think as I transitioned into Carnegie, being able to do the same thing, right? Understanding like, hey, there's a need, right? There's a lane here that, you know, is sort of open in our education space, right? We had never done a hip hop masterclass. So, you know, I think just kind of feeling like I'm, I'm somewhat of a vessel to be able to, to bring these things in. Like I said, when I saw that need and, and opening, really just, you know, started talking to the team about it and, and what that could look like. And it was, you know, sort of divine because I had a, a friend who worked with Black Thought, you know, and just knew from the beginning that that was really the right person. You know what I mean? It's not like we went through a bunch of different people. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure you know, like, there are guys who can rap with the best of them. You know what I mean? But can they actually then come in and, and break down what it means to rap, mm. to teach that stuff? You know, I think that's that's really a skill, right? And Thought has that ability, right, to say, like, this is how I actually did this, right? Like, with the freestyle, this is what it took for me to do this, right? It's a lot of memorization. People talk about that, how he's amazing at doing that, his breathing, right? Like, it's actual, actual techniques that he practices, you know what I mean? So being able to, I think, just express that to people um, was important for us, and, and he's definitely the right guy. So, yeah, man, I think just being a lover and, you know, probably having some courage to to present this to my team and say, all right, you know, let's let's try this. And shout out to the folks at Carnegie for, for trusting me and I think allowing me to lead this vision. You know what I mean? I think like you were saying big institutions like this, they need this. And so, yeah, just really want to give a big shout out to them for, I think, trusting me with the, with the vision. Yeah, absolutely. Your title is uh, Director of Social Impact? Is that no, it? Manager manager of um, Social Impact. So like I said, I manage okay. a program called, called Neon Arts. Yep. Yeah. Social Impact. You touched on it right there a little bit. But when you when you think of that term and, and your work there, you know, mm -hmm. what is some of the impact you'd like to have on society? Like what's the overarching goal? We've talked about specific programs and, and what they mean, but kind of what's your guiding light when it comes to social impact? For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um putting young people in position to be able to sit in my seat. You know, the reality is I won't be in it forever. And we've actually had those opportunities at the hall, right? So we've had young people who have participated in Neon Arts workshops actually end up working at the hall, right? So um, that pathway is really important to me to show young people that, you know, these opportunities exist to to work and sustain yourself in, in different ways, right? So maybe you aren't the musician that you want to be, you know what I mean? But you can still be in arts administration, right? You can still be around the music and the culture. You can be a programmer or a curator. You know what I mean? 
think I'm still honing my chops in, in terms of programming and curation, you know, but ultimately I'm still involved with the culture, you know, I think still making a, a real impact. So just showing them that they're a different pathway, you know, a, a place like Carnegie does have that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in some ways, I heard you say a couple of things that almost invoke a, a spiritual aspect to this. You know, I'm a vessel, you know, for this stuff. Like, it's more than just um, doing a job, I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, how do you feel from a, like an internal, you know, like you said, I feel like I was, uh, you, I feel like I was guided here. I was brought here. I'm a vessel. Yeah. How do you feel yeah. like like that responsibility sits with you? I know it's it's something you, you probably think about a little bit, maybe not, you know, every second of every day, um, but that responsibility on you that you ended up here, you know, I, I, I say, I had a, this is personal, but I ended up having a custody battle for kids and I, I have one custody of my kids and I had right. to take care of my kids. Yeah. I'm like, that's great. But now I can't f it up. Yeah. <laughs> I better not mess this up. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. Like, right. Oh, I, yay. I won. I'm here. And now what? And now what? Yeah. So how do you think of that internally? Forget how it looks to the rest of the world. How do you deal with that responsibility for lack of a better term? Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, I mean, not to overuse that word, but that authenticity, you know what I mean? I have a powerful circle outside of the hall. Right. You know, people who think, uh, you know, hold me accountable, um, who ensure that I know what's going on outside of, you know, the arts and cultural world. You know what I mean? But I think staying connected to certain neighborhoods and my job does that, too. Right. With neon arts, I'm consistently in Brownsville. I'm in South Bronx. I'm in Harlem. You know what I mean? So I'm not just at the hall every day, you know. So that ensures that I remain accountable and I think just grounded, you know what I mean? Because I got to go talk to young people in these different neighborhoods. So I think there's a certain just um, energy you have to have with being able to do that. On the other hand, just, you know, like I said, my my friends, my circle, you know what I mean? And just keeping me in tune and aware, you know, of what's happening in society and whether that be, you know, music, whether that be politically um, and just not to use that word, but having that power, being able to, you know, affect certain things at, at, at Carnegie and in this space. And then not to get too deep, you know what I mean? But coming from a family of servants, you know, my granddad is who passed away recently, but uh, started a church in East New York, has a school that still stands today, started housing that still stands today. You know what I mean? So I think just having that give back, that's that's in me, um, you know, and ensuring that I'm always representing and showing up in the right way. So. Yeah, man, it's all, you know, I think just intertwined and, and in me a bit, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. it's a little DNA. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I say, it sounded like it. It sounded like yeah, it, you yeah. know, there was some some ancestors, you know, kind of that, you know, set the, hey, the standard. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I, right. I recognize it. Okay. So with all this being said and all this, uh, you know, the way that especially young people are connecting to the hall and, and culture and it's authentic and it's all being smashed together in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. You mentioned one, uh, the young man, I think, who you said was working across the street and, mm-hmm. you know, envisioned, you know, this grand hall. And, right. And, and then next thing you know, they're performing there. Yeah. You know, the family's like seeing them perform there. Right. And, and what an inspiring uh, path that, that was. You've worked with a lot of young people and you've in these programs and sessions. What are, because the whole idea of this show is to let people know that it's fun. Hip hop is fun and we do this music thing, but that there are real long term improvements to their lives, you know, life skills, life experiences that actually help, you know, uplift them as humans. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a couple of examples or something that you've seen along the way where you said, this is really powerful work we're doing. It's not just giving folks a, a big stage and fancy lights, you know, to rock on, but that it's actually helping change their lives for the better. 
Where have you seen that happen? Yeah, I mean, it's a few different ways just because of our work within social impact. You know, I think if I had to relate it to the masterclass, you know, it's obviously being able to to just showcase that, you know, what you're doing is you're going in the right direction. You know, I think just to put it simply, you know, um, that your artistry, um, that the time that you've put in, the work, the effort, um, it's all worth it. You know, um, we've had a few people reach out to us about some of the artists, right? Trying to sign them, trying to connect to them. So, you know, people have learned about it, you know, and this is happening years later. Like I said, in 2020, I think things sort of slowed down, you know, but just last month, you know, I had someone reach out to me about one of the artists from the masterclass in 2020. So, you know, I think just providing that legitimacy to some of these artists um, to say that, you know, we see you, we'd like to hear more from you. And I think that's big, you know, it does a lot for artists. And then to have just that cosign of Black Thought, right? There were hundreds of applications that came through, right? So those nine people that we had in that first cohort, it says a lot, you know, and I think if anything inspires them to continue going and, and you know, just putting both feet forward in regard to their craft. Yeah, definitely. What about through like the Neon Arts program, some of the stuff you're doing with young people who aren't necessarily aspiring artists, you know what I mean? But they, they got hip hop in their soul. They like the music and culture, but you're also using it to kind of show them I don't know, a different outlook on life, maybe. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, what for are some sure. of the results of that? Yeah. yeah. So the first one that comes to mind about that is just the thoughtfulness that comes with um, their songwriting, right? And being able to communicate effectively, you know, not afraid to say some of our young people need help in that regard, right? Of being able to express themselves and their thoughts. Some of them are uh, dealing with really serious things from their neighborhood, from their lives. So um, being able to, to put pen to paper is powerful. You know, I think you can speak life you know, um, with, with what you write or what you say, what you rap about. So just providing them with the tools and the space to do that stuff in a way that's healthy. We, we've definitely seen, you know, the results, the impact of that. Sometimes we have those young people come into the hall and perform, you know what I mean? So again, I think just providing that legitimacy to what they're doing and, you know what I mean? Like your music is good, you know, continue moving forward with it. But you can also talk about certain things that are positive, you know, within your music. And I think you know, I struggle with that as somebody who's, you know, sort of in the in the middle of generations, I feel like now, you know what I mean, certain types of music and then other types, you know, this is a larger discussion, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, definitely right there now, you know, with I think seeing what young people want to talk about, but it's like, is that sustainable? You know, um, does that really represent you in the way that you want to be represented? You know, and it's, yeah, so. Big- no, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a great perspective to have in the position that you are, because mm-hmm. you get to bring them in and have them start thinking about that. Like, right. do I. Do I just kind of copycat what I see out there or can I be more vulnerable and personal? Mm-hmm. And what, you know, I always say that every, every, I hate, every failed rapper, every wannabe rapper, every, everybody who raps that doesn't end up being a rap artist mm-hmm. does become a better communicator mm-hmm. just by default. Yep. You know what I mean? Because you're learning to communicate and put thoughts down or out. And then when you have a little bit of guidance, like from someone like yourself or these programs, mm-hmm. then you become a more thoughtful communicator. Right. You're automatically going to be better. Um, yep. But now you're going to be more thoughtful mm-hmm. because you have a little bit of guidance. And, and that's a life skill. Yeah, that's a, exactly. that's going to translate down the road to something good exactly. for these young folks. Yeah, public speaking, yeah. obviously, you know what I mean? Like, which is a, a major talent. So um, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just being able to, you know, have a little li- little bit more confidence when you're going for a job interview mm-hmm. or, you know, communicating, uh, you know, some important 
presentation that you might have to do or, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. The collaboration aspect, you know, which is something that we obviously mm-hmm. saw with the Black Belt Masterclass, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's happening, like I said, in, in different ways and, you know, artist development being mixed up in that. I, I love what Dreamville did with their camp a few years ago. I think Punch over at TDE with a room full of mirrors looks like he's really focused on artist development. You know what I mean? But yep. I wonder about, is it happening in this way, right? Where you have, like I said, a master, somebody like Black Thought working with aspiring MCs, up and coming MCs. I'm glad that the Kennedy Center is doing it as well. You know, so we partnered with them um, and their starts on April 1st. And they'll have a showcase as well. Yep. Hopefully some other places can pick this up and, you know, maybe holler at us and we can, you know, talk about how to do it. You know what I mean? Some different yeah, artists, you, I think. Set the, set the blueprint. Yeah, set the blueprint. You know what I mean? Like, we, we got y'all. You know, it shouldn't be, I think, competitive. It, it should definitely be happening at uh, other major institutions uh, across the, the states. Yeah, I, well, I would agree, and I would encourage it, and I hope they're all listening. Damn it. When they see Carnegie Hall doing it, <laughs> you got to follow suit. Uh, so, with, so two questions, and we'll wrap it up. But mm-hmm. with that said, you know, what are the future plans for the program? Are you going to do other master classes? You know, like maybe either something you have definitely set on the on the calendar coming up that folks should know about, or mm-hmm. just kind of in your mind where you'd like to see everything go? Yeah, for sure. Um, right now, you know, our, our main focus is the showcase that's coming up um, on April yeah. 7th. Obviously, you know, really ensuring that this week, which it will be, is successful. Black Thought, and then sort of going from there. You know what I mean? Maybe it's the School of Thought three. Maybe it's. Right. Um, but I think one thing is that the hall is definitely committed to and invested in hip hop programming, um, and being able to, you know, ensure that these artists have spaces to improve their craft um, and hone their abilities. So, you know, you'll definitely see see more from us. What it looks like, I think, you know, TBD. No, that's all right. So far, so good. I, you know, I think uh, I like it. You know, I appreciate that. You know, you saying that. I'm just a guy. So, uh, <laughs> same. Hey, just a guy, man. So, But, yeah. you know, but I pay attention to these things. And, you know, sometimes it's not done right. It's done, you know, in a different, with a different intention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think mm-hmm. that your intentions are pure and, and and the results are there. And you can't find a better examples than having, being involved with folks like Black Thought and having, uh, and working with young people. So those are great initiatives that I, I support. Uh, so with all our conversation in mind, Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of this show is Hip Hop Can Save America, mm-hmm. right? And it's a very lofty idea, I know. <laughs> and uh, we may need a little bit more than just hip hop, but I I do personally believe that hip hop really uh, contains in its DNA paths and answers to many of society's greatest ills and the pathways to uh, help solve them through hip hop, music, and culture across all demographics, but particularly very often in communities from whence hip hop came, mm-hmm. right? That's There's ways to counteract some of the uh, negative stuff that have affected those communities uh, through hip-hop music culture in education in mental health spaces like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. From your involvement and how you see the world, why do we need to look at hip-hop music and culture as being a real viable tool, if you want to use the word tool, you know, uh, to help uplift humanity and improve society? What, how would you sell that to people who don't get it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think one, you know, it's important because it's what young people are interested in. You know what I mean? So I think <laughs> we might as well understand it, right? I mean, about like we really don't have a choice. You know what I mean? It's the, the biggest form of music, at least in America. You know what I mean? So sure. um, I think just embracing that as opposed to running from it, you know, and then the fact that hip hop does pull from these just different types of music, you know, are, are within hip hop. So um, yeah. I think it's not something that we really have to be afraid of. You know, I think we see the benefits of songwriting and just how, like I said, it really impacts our young people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't think there's anything. I look at this, I say around the world, there's like religion, sports, 
the internet, mm-hmm. and hip hop. Yeah. And it's the only thing that I look at is like universal, you know, things that can touch everybody from every demographic. It's a very welcoming culture. Right. And and when you come in with the authenticity, as we, you know, the word that came up a few times today. It's not just the music, you know what I mean? I think it's right, like the clothing, the the, the fashion, you know, that comes with hip hop. It's, it's actually just the culture, you know, I think, like I said, there's so many different ways that people can get involved in it, you know what I mean? Like whether that's being a teacher, whether that's, you know, actually writing. So, you know, I think just continuing to to embrace that is cool. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's being done in the great halls of Carnegie Hall, one of the New York City's finest establishments and a uh, venerable institution. And we'd like to see more of that. Uh, you know, I'm so glad we got to chop it up about what, what's happening there, your involvement in it, your stewardship of these programs. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing and hearing more from y'all at the hall. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. No All right. Sure. All right. Thanks for your time, brother. We'll uh, catch up. And definitely when I'm back in the Big Apple, yeah. uh, we'll definitely have to link up. Yeah, for sure. That sounds good. Word up. Thank you for listening to Hip Hop Can Save America, the premier podcast celebrating hip hop's ability to help uplift the citizens of the country that birthed it. I'm the show's creator, editor, and your host, Manny Faces. Now, before you close out your app or switch to the next show, it'd be great if you took a moment to just rate and review us. We'd love to hear what you think. You can also sign up for release notifications and other innovative and inspiring hip hop related content at mannyfaces.substack.com. It's totally free, but you can donate to support the work there as well. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hip Hop Advocacy. You can follow me on Twitter at Manny Faces or on Instagram or Facebook at Manny Faces Official. Email us your comments, complaints, praise, or guest suggestions to hiphopadvocacy at gmail.com. This has been a Manny Faces Media production in association with the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy. On behalf of associate producer Summer, the rest of our team, and all of our wonderful supporters, I thank you for listening, following, supporting, rating, reviewing, and sharing. We'll be back soon. Peace. This is a Many Faces Media production. Many Faces! You sick for this one. Sick for this one. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip-Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Many Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.